morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all. Welcome to Melanated Mondays. I hope you are here to get your Mondays melanated. All right, y'all, you know what it is. Roll call. Roll call. All right, Miss Destiny. Hi, everyone. Happy Monday. I hope y'all are ready for today's podcast. Miss Didi. What up, what up, y'all? It's just Didi. I hope y'all are here to get y'all's Mondays melanated. Let's get into it. Miss April. Hey y'all, let's get melanated. Miss Garyelle. Hey everybody. I hope you beautiful people are having a great Monday. And Miss Nikita. Hi everyone. Hope you're ready to join a great conversation. All right, y'all. I hope y'all here to chop it up with us. So for the first segment, we'll be talking about affirmative action. All right, Nikita, take it away. Thank you, Demi. So, affirmative action. Affirmative action is one of those things that, in my opinion, many people do not pay attention to unless they experience it firsthand. For those who do not know what affirmative action is, as I did not, it refers to a set of policies and practices for organizations seeking to increase the representation of groups based on their gender, race, sexuality, or nationality in areas in which they are underrepresented. The goal of affirmative action is to decrease the inequalities gap in employment and pay, increasing access to education, promoting diversity, and redressing past wrongs, harms, or hindrances. Affirmative action exists in one way or another in countries all over the world. In the United Kingdom, it is called positive action, and in India, it is the reservation system. But affirmative action was first introduced in the United States by President John F. Kennedy in 1961 with Executive Order 10925. It was later expanded to include women by President Lyndon B. Johnson in 1965 with Executive Order 11246. Affirmative action is a controversial topic of discussion for everyone involved. Those who benefit from it may feel negatively about the process when it seems that educators or employers care more about meeting quotas than they do about what their credentials or what they can help an organization accomplish. There are those who also feel that affirmative action may cause some racial tension. Critics of affirmative action think it should be discontinued and feel that it replaces old wrongs with new wrongs and that it is a form of reverse discrimination. They feel it is unfair and that those selected over other qualified candidates were chosen merely to fill a quota and not for their personal achievements. In either case, affirmative action is absolutely necessary when it comes to narrowing the employment gap between whites and blacks or men and women in the labor market or increasing the diversity of higher education schools. This program allows minority groups to get a foot in the door to showcase exactly what they can bring to the table without the interference of discrimination or personal bias. Without it, history has proven that minority groups would not have even had the opportunity to a fair competition. Affirmative action levels out the playing field. So ladies, I have a couple questions for you. What are your opinions about affirmative action? Do you think you have been a subject of affirmative action? And do you agree or disagree with affirmative action? Um, oh. I think affirmative act. I, oh, I'm going to kick myself for saying this. I feel like 
but I'm going to say it because I feel like it needs to be said. I think affirmative action is a double-edged sword for us. Um, I'm not against it because I have mentors who have benefited from affirmative action. And I don't think that, I don't think that they would have been able to pave the way for me had it not existed. You know what I'm saying? But I've also seen where um, affirmative action has gotten people in positions that they were not qualified for when I'm sure um, there was there, there's a black, Hispanic or whatever person who qualified for the position, but the person on the other end, the person hiring, the person, you know, uh, accepting these people, they, I mean, they're not doing the legwork. So it kind of works against us at times. I don't think there's nothing wrong. I don't think there's nothing wrong with you, you know. saying it's a double-edged sword. You shouldn't kick yeah. yourself for that because that's it's a fact. Like, yeah. like you said, there are people who are gonna get a position because of affirmative action and they don't have any business, they don't belong in that position, they don't qualify, they're not competent, all of the above. But in the same breath, you got if you look at the the boys' club or you know the network of I'll say, I'm just gonna say uh, old white men because that's you know the typical stereotype or whatever. But yeah, if you look at that network, it's young white kids getting jobs that they're not qualified for because their daddy knew they that they uh uncle or something like that, you know. So exactly. It, so I yeah. don't see nothing wrong. Well, I do see something wrong with people getting jobs they don't have no business in, but it, that shouldn't be a reason to disband it because that's gonna happen regardless. But right. and I, I feel like it's, it's necessary, and I agree with it because it what it does how you get somewhere does matter, but not as much as what you do when you get there, and that That's gives true. people the opportunity to see that black people are competent. I want to give them this job, maybe not, but I did because of affirmative action, and now I see what they can do. So I think it's 100% necessary. And Nikita, I wonder if the they who said that affirmative action causes racial tension, I wonder what color they are because ra racial tension was alive and well way before affirmative action was. So I don't think that causes racial tension, but it does like set the stage to say, oh, you only got this job because you're black or you're not really qualified, you're just black or you're the best of only well, the black. Well, that's people. not even true. <laughs> Exactly. That affirmative action is this big, but it's not even. I mean, you're still having to compete. It, like Nikita said, it just levels the playing field. You know what I'm saying? And even then, you still got to work twice as hard if you my color. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There was this one girl when I was in uh, when I was in college. I went to Texas State, and we were just like right down the freeway from uh, University of Texas. And there's this girl. Her name is Abigail Fisher. I did a little research, um, but she started her case back in 2008. It didn't finish until 2015. And um, she was saying that she wasn't given a fair chance because she was white and a black person got in before her. But they went to the Supreme Court and found that the school in Texas, schools, all schools in Texas, except the top 10% of all schools, of all high schools. And so they automatically get a spot at, at UT. And um, so that's 75% of their school. Then they have 25% for anybody. So you still got a way 
with your GPA, your rank, all of that. And race is only 1% of that one little, one little small thing. And so she was like, no, this is not fair. And they said, this is part of the constitution. This is okay. So I think, I think that people already like kind of see the negative side of it when there's like, you know, helpful stuff. Like people are just trying to get to school. They should have a fair chance to get into school. I'm talking about black people. Mm-hmm. And just let them have that, you know, work, you know, you have to work harder and UT is a, a top ranking school. So like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's hard to get in regardless, you know. So. Mm-hmm. It, but what kills me is that it's not fair. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's already not fair. So affirmative action yeah. is a form of reparation, which reparation is needed to level the playing field. Once we're leveled, which will take probably maybe a, a you know a few decades if we start now you know which we not but it's gonna take some time but um until we level the playing field we can't play fair you know what I mean like yeah. it's, it's necessary to not be fair right now because that's the only way to find the balance mm. well you period <laughs> <laughs> period I have nothing to say after that. <laughs> well, I'm gonna come with. Um, I'm gonna come I, I with. Mean, oh, I'm gonna come with the fact that I think it was just a band aid to the situation at the time. It was, you know, just a quick fix to kind of satisfy what we was going through at the moment. But to, in order, to, in my opinion, in order for us to level the playing field, we have to level the playing field at the preliminary level. So the kids in elementary and, you know, at that level, they need to bring the schools into their, into the, um, the underserviced area and help them with applying for college, help them with seeing what a college life is like, because I can live in my hood area for all my life. Then you put me in this collegiate environment and I'm going to be overwhelmed. No matter if I am the smartest and brightest, if I can do this, I'm going to be overwhelmed. I'm dealing with culture shock. I'm dealing with uh, all kinds of things. On top of the fact, I know I wasn't adequately adequately prepared. You know what I'm saying? So I think it was a band-aid. But if we really want to fix the system, if we want to really make change, of course, we need to do it in all areas. But I think it definitely needs to be done at the lower level, at the um, at at the preliminary level. Agreed. Oh, April, yeah. how, oh, let me let Nikita go. Sorry, Nikita, go ahead. Um, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask April, so how do you feel about um, affirmative action in like schools, like in private schools that all white kids go to? Like, how would you feel about affirmative action in schools? Do you think that's just a band aid too? I think it's a band-aid. Um, if if my books is equal to your books, then what is the need for me to be in your school? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if if I'm getting the same funding that you're getting, then why do I need to have affirmative action? The problem is, like I said, I think it's at a at the base level. Whenever your schools are being funded by your area. So if you are in a low income area your schools are gonna be trash because they're not gonna be able to afford much. If you're in a high income area, then of course their taxes are higher and they can funnel more money into the school. So therefore they're getting the new books, the technology um, and all these things. So 
like I said, if I have the same opportunity at the base level in the beginning, at the the my foundation is the same as yours, then I don't we don't need affirmative action. I'm gonna perform. I'm gonna get there. Makes sense. I agree. So, okay. Um, this may or may not be true. This is just how I see it. Um, I think affirmative action is necessary in that it combats people's hidden prejudices, maybe prejudices or biases that they aren't even aware of having themselves. Like if they're on a board looking at applications for students to get into their school or to be uh, offered a job at their um, firm and they see uh, this person is black or this person has a black name or, or whatever, they might subconsciously say, okay, well, maybe not that person. Maybe we should go with this person with a regular name that you know they might be white. Um, and I think that affirmative action makes them, I guess, see that, that subconscious bias and uh, try to avoid it if necessary. I do think that I agree with what, um, what Dee Dee said earlier. I do think that um, in some cases, there are cases where people are um, accepted into a firm or into a college or, or school or whatever. Um, when they're not qualified, but that's not the point of affirmative action. That is, that is abuse of the program um, because the point is to diversify, but with qualified people. So if these two people, white, one white, one black, one Native American, one Hispanic, are put in front of a person, it's not to say that not uh, and it's not to say that any of them aren't qualified position. They're all qualified. They all have really great records or or whatever. Um, but then your decision is okay. Well, I'm going to pick this candidate. They're qualified just as much as the white person is. Um, but I'm going to pick this candidate because yes, filling a quota, but we're also giving this minority group a leg up. That, that is the point of the program. Yes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Y'all looking at it with rose-colored glasses, my friend. That ain't yeah, I, That's, I, I get the intention, but that ain't how it works. They, yeah. they gonna bring somebody in unqualified so they can say, see, they not worthy yeah. to be here. Or they yeah. gonna, they gonna <laughs> you go, you get this job where you're not wanted. The first six months when I'm proving myself that I deserve this job, because me being hired didn't prove it. When I'm proving myself, I'm going through hell mm -hmm. the whole time. You know what I'm saying? So I gotta deal with that mental abuse for to prove a point. Like, <laughs> you feel me? So I mean, I get it. I get what y'all saying, but I still I feel like y'all looking at it with rose-colored glasses. Yes, that was the intention, but that ain't reality. And we can see that throughout. Like I had a conversation with someone on facebook and i usually don't get in the comments and converse back and forth but um this guy he had this long rant about how 
he was upset that somebody else got the position versus, you know, his qualified friend and this person wasn't qualified. And then I went in and I, you know, I kind of explained, you know, y'all got like this 400 year uh, um, start. leg in the race, you know what I'm saying? And we're just now getting in the game and imagine being, being the opposite, you know what I'm saying? And you having to go in there and he got it, you know, after I had that conversation. But when people go in there, they, you can go in there and be the best job. And then they'd be like, oh, you're one of the good ones after you finally worked so hard to get accepted. Or, you know okay. what I'm saying? Like, so, so I don't, I just, I, I, I'm not saying I don't think affirmative action benefits us at all. Cause I am definitely going to take advantage of my opportunities of being black and a woman. Okay. But mm-hmm. I, I think that's just a band-aid. And if we would really want to fix something, we need to go deeper and make some other things happen. I agree, but I still said, I, I, I mean, what Nikita said, am I for affirmative action in the way that it's in reality, the way that it's actually going for us is a double-edged sword. But I am for the purpose, the purpose of affirmative action. I don't think it was necessarily a band-aid. I, I, I don't think it was a bad day. Um, and I think it could still be beneficial to us till this uh, today. Oh, definitely. Properly, if used, if, if it's, if people who are, are um, implementing this affirmative action um, actually put in the work and not have the system, you know, this, this, this thing that was supposed to be for us that was supposed to be for us and work for us still working against us so now affirmative action is is something that you and i are not benefiting from because people are simply not doing their jobs mm-hmm. <laughs> not because of like how you gonna make me hire somebody i don't want to hire how you gonna come in and tell me this is just looking at it from a different perspective how you gonna come in and tell me who I need to hire and who I want I need to be around eight hours, twenty hours out the day? You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm gonna I mean, I'm gonna bust the system. They still rocking Confederate flags, honey. They still rocking Confederate flags. So if they can't uh, accept losing the war, they damn sure can't accept me coming up in here and getting a job. Well, it's not all of them though. <laughs> it's not, and I'm I'm not saying that everybody's bad. I'm just saying that it's we're looking at it with rose-colored glasses because really yes, ideally it's written. And if everybody followed what they were supposed to do, it would be perfect. People do get in the door with it. It does benefit some people. But I think if we want to do better, if we want to, we we just got to dig deeper. Like it was, it was a nice Band-Aid for the time. That was like 50 some years ago. Something yeah. we got to do something else. It's time to refresh the system, you know. Yeah, refresh the system. I agree. I do too because I feel like that. That's also the case with the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. If you if <laughs> you are if you are giving rules and laws to a racist mind, they are going to manipulate those rules and laws to yes. fit their prejudice. Yeah. So it, it, it was then the American the way. That you cannot change people's <laughs> minds just like that. <laughs> but it's not even that. I think it's at a fundamental level. Like if you tell a child, <laughs> stop doing this because I said so, they're not going to do that. Regardless, you can tell them and you can do when, until you no, change I, that mindset, <laughs> until you yeah. change that mindset, until you get to the foundation of why they're acting that way, 
Exactly. You can put rules and you know how many times we had a, a, gonna what, drive a don't run. Crazy. Don't run. You know what I'm saying? And you be like, <laughs> I'm it's, like it's like that. It's like telling me right now, girl, don't turn around, but it's behind us <laughs> behind you right now. <laughs> well, so we gotta I'll change you the what, mindset. We're dealing with natural consequences, that's for sure. Oh, so- <laughs> but we gotta education, changing the mindset of people. Um yes. It the affirmative action was meant for us to be mixed and come in the room together and have those conversations. But I just think I think we need more. I think we need to be forced in the room. I think we need to be forced to sit together because I mean the the anguish is on both sides. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't want to do with you. You don't want to do with me. Yeah. And I know this is probably a completely different segment. This probably be discussed for a completely different topic somewhere down the line, but. Um, I I believe that we shouldn't necessarily be, uh, well, okay, I'll say this. There are a lot of us who are called, but few of us answer the calling. I feel that we shouldn't be worried about forcing ourselves in anybody's room. We should be creating uh-huh. our own room is how I Absolutely. Feel, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And I, yeah. and I do understand that we do we live in this great country and stuff, but and, and um and we deserve the same platform that mm-hmm. our white counterparts. I, I know I always say that, but <laughs> but that our white counterparts have, and we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but- however, it should be a reason to be great, to elevate, and and not a reason to stay stagnant and oh the man <laughs> yeah and and i feel you i feel you because at some level you know what i'm saying we do end up trying to play the victim card i get that yeah. but in, in a lot of ways though i feel like we forget the history and the trauma that's left in our dna so if mm-hmm. if i go if i start off in a school that never shows a face that looked like me succeeding in a book of history ever you know what I'm saying? Oh, excuse me, except Martin Luther King. And then the one that does kind of buck the system, uh, he's condemned. He's he is lashed in school verbally. He is taught Malcolm that he is just yeah, preaching hate yeah. and all this stuff like that. So if I if I'm taught for however many years with uh kindergarten through 12th grade, I am constantly being preached this message. You were just a slave in this country. You came here and you did, you know, you we built off your backs, but you you just a slave. You know what I'm saying? You just came from a slave. Nah, boo. You don't want to go there and go back to the slave. But in between slavery, we done had people that invented practically everything in your home. Invented. Everything. Invented. And then okay? the white man created the patent and, and stole all of the inventions. <laughs> but but again, you know, with that, you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, so check it. If every time I try to succeed, you steal my stuff, you kill my yeah. people, you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And you get away with it. At some point, you, you just sit back and de- be defeated for a bit. You know what I'm saying? So you try to figure out, okay, you got a new generation come up and be like, nah, we going we gonna buck the system again. And then they try to put us down again. You know what I'm saying? So it's just an unhealthy relationship, and, but that definitely is a different again. conversation for a different kind of time. But we in an unhealthy relationship. But yeah. I, yeah. So we don't keep fighting though. So affirmative action to me is a band aid. It's 
it's the bandage over a bursted pipe. You know what I'm saying? Like it ain't holding nothing. And now we see that it's just shooting all over the place. The world is seeing it, you know? So yeah, that's my spiel. Spiel. <laughs> all right. Well, so what do y'all think about affirmative action? We've had a whole discussion about it. Let's <laughs> hear what you guys have to say about it. I'm really excited to hear the conversation and see what this stirs up. Um, as you can see, we're all kind of on. I think we all feel like we all are like this, but it's just kind of like yeah, there's yeah. That impact that's so, and yeah. it's okay, and that is okay because we we all have our different perspectives. Um, so I love it, and the article was great as always, Nikita. Yeah. <laughs> So let's get into it. Let's talk about this melanated business we about to promote. Oh, it's time, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> our black coins are focusing on our very own Miss Didi Bailey tonight. So can you please tell us about Just Didi and the services that you offer? Yes. Uh, okay. Well, Just DD Services is actually a business and brand that I created um, to incorporate all of my skills and uh, put them in, into use under one umbrella. <clears throat> so um, I think I have a total of 11 services I'll be offering when the phase is complete. Um, but the first three, well, I'll give you four services. The first four services that I will be offering um, is life coaching. I'm a certified life coach um, specializing in teen involvement, which is just a fancy way of saying adolescent development um, and boundary setting, um, which is, a, it's a very broad um, situation that we deal with. A lot of issues that we face um, is because we are not setting proper boundaries in our, you know, mental boundaries. So um, I, I went through my journey. It was hard. And now I'm ready to help other people go through there. Um, and then my writing services, um, I am a writer. I write songs, poetry. Um, I'm working on two books at once, <laughs> a playwright. Um, and when I was in the government system, I realized I had a knack for writing and editing. Um, I ended up getting a little over 15 or winning a little over $15,000 in grants and awards before, um, before I decided, well, before I resigned because we had PCS. Um, and then singing, I'm, I am a singer, I guess you could say vocalist. I really wouldn't call myself that, but I can hold a tune or two, you know what I'm saying? Yes, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, I'm, and so, um, singing choreography services, you can hire me for that. Um, and I said four services. I said writing. You I said, said life coach. You said singing. singing. Oh, I think <laughs> My support service um, is as an image consultant. Um, you can call it content creator. Um, I just pretty much put it under, uh, bubble it and say creative services. Um, so in that creative service uh, that I offer, um, I can do help you create your content for your websites, um, help you come up with you know catchy slogans and things of that nature, um, help you with your image, help you with whatever you need. Like I got you. I'm your sis. Whatever you need, I got you. And if I don't got you, I know somebody who does. So that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yes. 
Okay, so of all the services that you offer, which one was the service that was like, this is the service that gives me the confidence to know that I can go out and do something in somebody's life? Yeah, uh, definitely the team life coaching uh, service. Um, I, I have heard many times that I was, you know, you should be a life coach or you should be a therapist or you should be a counselor. And it's just like, eh. <laughs> people like that. No, <laughs> but that, no, seriously, that's my response. Um, but for the last 10, 11 years, I've been working at a teen center and then, you know, I finally made made it to my dream job or what I guess you could call it that obviously it wasn't you know exactly a dream job because I'm starting my own company now I think this is my dream job but <laughs> um but yes definitely the teen life coaching it's a passion of mine um it's definitely not a lot of people in the world that actually likes you know that age group um uh and I happen uh, to love them I gravitate I love I love to be a mentor I love to help these kids achieve their goals um and let them know that they can do anything they set their mind to. And so, um, yeah. Okay. Um, so how, how much time would you say that you dedicate to your business? Like if some, if there was a young entrepreneur who <laughs> was like ready to jump into it, how, like, how much dedication does it require? All of it, all the dedication. <laughs> All the dedication. I'm gonna tell you right now. I mean, I I'm not one of those, you know, uh, LLC witnesses that you know going around telling everybody to start their business. Um, it's definitely not for the weak-minded. Um, and you you think that you know because you're talented, because you know this is gonna be something great. And I I'm a very smart, very talented person, and I'm a nerd. You know what I'm saying? I really think, and it has still been so hard for me to get my website up because you know I don't have no money I don't got money like that like I just quit I quit my job you know? <laughs> I got my little savings and I've been making work uh but it, it definitely takes it, all the vacation if you are planning on starting your own business the first thing you need to do is sit down with yourself and have a conversation make your go. goals and take one step at a time one day at a time it is going to be so frustrating um, I just had a, a situation where I literally, I couldn't get out of bed because I, I, I didn't sleep for three days, um, which is very unhealthy, which is very unhealthy. Um, but make sure that, um, yeah, make sure you're dedicated because it, it's not, it's not a 4th of July picnic. That's for sure. <laughs> Are your services available right now? Or when, when can people come, come to the, to the source? Um, yes, my services are available now for uh, for life coaching consultations only. Um, I'm still kind of in the trial of error of creating my own curriculum for this uh, teen life coaching because um, there's very few people in the field, probably about three other life coaches in the world who specializes in, <laughs> in teen development. So it's kind of like not a lot of, um, not a lot of, information out there and when I say these teen life coaches I'm talking about teen life coaches who have written things who have written the articles like there's um there's not a lot a lot of places that I can turn to really educate myself um in which I really don't have to because I've created a system that you know that works you know that is proven to be successful um and so I'd like to share that you know that's all I want to do I 
I'm auntie. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> and every every team, every team, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, your race, gender, color, creed, it doesn't matter. Um, everybody needs an auntie. <laughs> <laughs> so justdbservices.com will be uh, launching on the 28th of February. Um where I will be offering uh, a couple of other services um, and go on and book and uh, get my resume, gallery, any and everything uh, will be on, it'll be just needed. So I hope that you guys are able to enjoy it. So for your adolescent services, is it is it like a therapy session or a workshop or how, what is, what is the actual program? Yeah, okay. It's definitely not therapy. I am not a qualified therapist. Let me just say that. <laughs> I am not a qualified therapist. I don't do therapy. If you have mental things that you're going through, you hire a therapist, a life coach is, is here to coach you. I'm your I'm your assistant. I'm here to help you reach your goals. I'm not here to pick apart your past. <laughs> so but with the team life coaching, I, I offer anything um, because that's what I've been doing for the last 10 years. Like, it doesn't matter. You need help getting a scholarship. You need help, you know, uh, working through the, you know, normal growing pains of being a teen. Um, you, you're having a hard time with your, you know, work life and school balance. Um, you, you're having a hard time transitioning. Maybe you have to move, you know, during your sophomore year and, you, you know, at a new, at a new high school. And you don't, you know, necessarily have any friends. You're not necessarily a sociable person. Uh, anything, anything, anything that uh, they that they need may need help with, um, as far as getting through life, as far as reaching their goals, um, as far as being their best selves. You know, um, I'm here to assist them. It's what I love doing. <laughs> so tell us your website one more time. Yes. It is justdservices.com. I am also on all platforms, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Facebook, uh, TikTok, all of them. So uh, follow me, JustDD or JustDD Services. Uh, if you have any questions, any inquiries, you can email me at justdd.s at gmail.com. Thank you, ma'am. Y'all, she's an open book. She's uh, willing and able to assist. So make sure you utilize all the resources available to you if you are in need. <laughs> I think now we're going to pass it on to April. Yes. But <laughs> yes. before. Dee <laughs> Dee, I am so proud of you, sister. And I you. think you are doing amazing things in the in this game, I think teenagers, I remember being a teenager. That was some that was some rough times and we needed a, a auntie, you know? <laughs> a auntie. So I am very proud of you. And I hope we put all the all her links below. Because I'll send you the link. I really hope somebody. Yeah. yeah right. I'll send you that <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've talked about affirmative action. We've talked about the things that have challenged us as a people. Now I want to highlight somebody that I really think played a role, but is kind of overshadowed by her talents more than her activism. And she, there is a movie that's coming out soon. I think it's United States versus Billie Holiday. And uh, so I hope everybody goes out and supports that movie. But 
let's talk about Billie Holiday. I'm not gonna go into, so she is a, a jazz musician. She was an infamous jazz musician, world renowned jazz musician, oh, award collecting jazz musician. But I wanna focus on her activism. And if y'all don't, y'all haven't heard the song Strange Fruit, y'all need to go hear it. I cannot honestly listen to this song because I can't not cry and feel a deep sense of pain when I hear it. But, um, so let me talk about it. So her song Strange Fruit played an important role in raising public awareness regarding the horrors of lynching and the necessity of ensuring civil rights. She was able to use this song to promote an idea to her audience, to educate them and leave them unable as of PBS said, to ignore the problem of racism. So she was able to take this song and she kept it in her catalog of songs for 20 years, even though nobody wanted her or a lot of people didn't want her to continue singing this song. Every night that she performed, she would sing this song and make sure that her voice was heard. She used her platform. And so with that, I wanna use our, our mindful minute, our, something to marinate on. I wanna leave y'all with this. Everybody has a platform. Use it with the blessings that you got. So thank y'all. And that was my black history slash something to marinate on. Going back to, you know, when all the protests and everything started early this year, and even before that, anytime anything happened and like athletes or artists and things like that would use their platform to get messages across. And I think that is so important. And people, I'm sure, I don't know firsthand because you know, my platform ain't that big. But um, hey, they got so much backlash for it. You say what? I said, your platform is your platform, sis. It's big. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> So, you know, they get so much backlash. I'm sure they lose a few bags over, you know, speaking their mind and, you know, letting people know where they stand. And that's so, that is so difficult to do. I don't think a lot of people realize how difficult it truly is. Um, so I, I just want to, you know, <laughs> add on a little applause to Billie Holiday and to all the Black and even uh, non-Black allies or not non-POC allies that do use their platform for, you know, amazing, and uh, what's the word, um, controversial topics, um, because it brings light and it's awesome. So shout out to everybody who is strong enough to use their platform yeah. for other, other purposes. I definitely do think it's a good thing that um, now we have um, people who are more confident to speak up because for a while we didn't have a lot of celebrities, I guess, speaking. Um, and using their platform right i think it's not recently with everything going on you know a lot of them have came out and has spoken on several platforms but yeah. i think it is pretty cool that we do have um the non-poc uh uh individuals who are speaking on our behalf because for a long time at first um we were speaking out a lot we've been speaking out for decades you know and talking but it's it felt like it was falling on deaf ears. And I always say it's not until um, a white counterpart speaks on our behalf and bring to, brings it to awareness, will their people start to understand. And it 
you kind of see it happen that way this the past year or so when everything went down when you had more um white celebrities or um, white people's status um who mm, i won't say with money but people who were important to most people in the world because they had this kind of persona or status they uh until they said something their their race group um wouldn't listen but now that they have said something now it's kind of like oh okay well we'll take that into consideration let me sit back and realize how i'm contributing to what's going on in society how can i change yeah. my behavior how can i think differently you know what i mean so i i personally do thank the non-POC people who have spoken out because it has opened uh, other people's or other racial racial groups their eyes and their ears, you know, because we can talk to we 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 did blue in the damn face. Yeah. Listen, yeah. it, it goes in one ear out the other, but until you have somebody else backing us up and supporting us and saying, no, this is an issue and y'all need to get y'all crap together. That's when everyone is like, okay, well, let, let's stop and let's actually see what's going on. So yeah, right. I, I agree with you, Gary. I think it's, I think it's nice that people are actually using a platform um, to do things. Um, do I, I hate that some people are doing it in the, uh, in the opposite way where it kind of gives us a bad name. Um, like pretty much the whole Black Lives Matter but um, it was meant for a certain thing. And then, you know, you have some people who switched it around and then it became a negative thing. And that's why some people think there's two, you know, two different um, groups when it comes to Black Lives Matter. But I'm thankful for the people I, who are doing it in a positive way. Did you guys I disagree. <laughs> so, and on that note, to be continued. I think that that deserves a whole nother segment. Um, so before we wrap up with Melanated Mondays, um, I wanted to take this time, we wanted to take this time to uh, share Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month on our platform um, and how it's definitely something that uh, that more light needs to be shed up on. Um, so I'm just gonna read a brief little article. Um, you can go on loveisrespect.org to get more information. Um, very valuable. Um, and I, I definitely suggest that you uh, take a look at the action guide um, to see what you can do in your community, if anything, um, to, you know, to be an advocate. Um, for teens, because it really is. I mean, just remember, <laughs> just remember. Just it wasn't too long ago. Just think back. You know, it's a lot. Um, I myself have uh, have dealt with dating violence uh, as a teen. Very bad dating violence. Um, I thought I was going to die dating violence. I'm definitely something that hits home. Uh, so let me just go ahead and read this brief article before I get my feelings. Okay, so. Dating violence is more common than people think, especially among teens and young adults. One in three teens in the U.S. will experience physical, sexual, or emotional abuse from someone they're in a relation with, in a relationship with, um, before they become adults. And nearly half, as in 43% of college women, report experiencing violent 
abusive dating behaviors. Every February, young people and their loved ones join together across the country for a national effort to raise awareness about the issues of teen dating violence through Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month, which is the month of February. This annual month-long push focuses on advocacy and education to support. Um, so this month or this year, the focus was know your worth. And um, you know, it's pretty much what we've been talking about, know your value, be self-aware, you know, know who you are. Um, and it's, it's very important to, uh, to instill that, especially uh, in our teens during that horrible, horrible phase in your life where you just don't know who the hell you are and why you were freaking here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, it's very easy to get wrapped up in, in, in toxic relationships and not just, um, and not just boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, friends. I have, I have seen it all. I mean, it's not pretty. So um, be aware, know the signs, uh, do your research. And if you have um, a teen, if you're a mother of a teen or if you're an auntie or a cousin or, you know, uh, whatever, try to do your part, you know, try to check up on your people. Um, because like I said, just, just think back and remember how rough it was for you. So that's all I got. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to our, this is our fourth podcast, y'all. Um, <laughs> it has been a wonderful month and I hope that you all have enjoyed tuning in. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. And we will see you next Monday for our next podcast. Have a good one. Have a melanated Monday, actually. Yeah. <laughs> We had a great day, y'all. Bye. <laughs>